When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The biggest breaking news stories, an outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Always appreciate you joining me. And of course, we've got um, you know the usual variety of stories. Yes, Ukraine often comes up. This small matter of a major breakthrough in nuclear fusion. I mean, yeah, let's just you know tag that on as a tail end story. Uh, uh, you know, along with the skateboarding duck, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, I think we can all agree. Uh, main story today is COVID rules to be abolished in England in just two weeks' time, and that's all of them. Also, we're told will it include all those? irritating pesky guidelines will it include uh, all of the things which uh, mean there's responsibility on businesses they feel uh, to impose you know the one-way systems and the perspex screens and the masks in the office and all of that well we shall wait and see but that's what Boris Johnson announced uh, yesterday at Prime Minister's Questions did he do it because the science told him to or did he do it because his backbenchers told him to that will be the question but certainly Nicola Sturgeon the 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 first minister of Scotland the first opportunity she had uh, to insist that uh, restrictions in Scotland, certainly the ability to extend those rules will continue for another six months. Uh, we'll be talking about all of that throughout the show. And joining me for the chat is senior reporter at the I newspaper, Benjamin Butterworth. Good morning to you. Good morning, Julia. Lovely to speak to you. Um, so uh, there's COVID rules to be abolished in England in two weeks' time. A lot of people might be of the view that there aren't any COVID rules at the moment, but actually there are still quite a lot. You still have to get passenger locator forms. And for the unvaccinated, still an awful lot of travel restrictions in terms of uh, uh, people having to uh, quarantine and self-isolation rules as well if you test positive for COVID. Um, so do you, before we get to the politics of this, because it's undoubtedly, like all of these decisions, is political, um, do you think that that is the right decision by the Prime Minister? I think getting rid of the mandatory self-isolation period, which is five to ten days if you're in England, I think that's the wrong decision. And I suspect that the vast majority of people, if they found out that someone who had tested positive for COVID was sat next to them on the bus or next to them, next to them in the office, would be pretty, pretty unhappy about that. They wouldn't like it. And I don't see the argument for getting rid of that as a legal requirement. The other thing is I won't lose sleep about, but getting rid of self-isolation, I think, is the wrong decision. I mean, certainly when I was uh, tested positive and I came back from a holiday in, in January and then I I, I when you when you after two days, I think there's whatever day six, seven, whatever it was at the time, I think it's moved down now. Um we two days, twenty four hours apart, you tested a negative. Well, tested negative two days apart, didn't go out, I think, for another two days in total because still felt so unwell. If someone's unwell, they won't be going out anyway. The reality is if people who've got flu um aren't required to stay at home in the same way. Um and, and many people test positive, um, don't have any symptoms. I mean, 
I don't test every day before I go into work. People who do test every day before they go into work might discover they've got a few. You could be sitting next. I mean, that's rather unlikely I've got COVID given that I had it a, a month ago. Um, but but you, you could be sitting next to someone who's got COVID. The latest ONS survey said one in 20 or one in 19 people only last week you know, had COVID. I mean, it's, it's you know, everyone, basically everyone's getting Omicron. You know, good luck, everybody, but you're all going to get it. Um, what difference does it make whether you, someone knows they've got it or they don't have it if they haven't got the symptoms? Realistically, what's it, what difference does it make if it's healthy, average people you know, traveling on the tube, going to an office? Well, the person with COVID might have an extremely mild case mm-hmm. of the virus, but the person or the people they could pass it on mm-hmm. to may well not get that. And I think the truth is that, you know, there's always been people that are going to have it and not realise that will have been the case from the Something very like start. Something like 40 percent now. Yeah. And that indeed is, is why it has been such a nightmare, because people can pass it on without knowing and then that can cause problems for the people that get it. But, you know, I think anybody, you say that people won't go out if if they're sick. Well, actually, you know, there'll be lots of people who, for various reasons, often, you know, financial necessity, will go out. But they've been doing it anyway. But, well, I think many of them have They just don't. Well, what you do is you, people I I am aware of who would say, well, I just don't test. So then I haven't found out I've, I've got COVID, so I'm not breaking the law. I think that, you know, most... because they can't afford to not work. No, I'm aware that's been happening and, that, and it will only get worse on that in that regard. And that, you know, there'll be companies that, you know, where sick pay isn't as much as it is in in other places where they may well be less likely to give them that sick pay once the self-isolation period no longer exists in law. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I think I think that is the only questionable side of these things. But then again, if COVID has the same, um, you know, death rate and, uh, and, and, and problems in terms of impact on the NHS but also the impact on individuals people who have been given plenty of opportunities to be jabbed if it has the same impact as flu we don't make people do this for flu in and, and for various other diseases in which case why would we treat Covid any differently well I mean look I think a lot of workplaces would actually ask you to go home if you if you have the yes, flu exactly. they'd be pretty annoyed at that and I, I think if you've got things if you've got flu really seriously you ain't able to get out of bed so it's, I don't mean man flu I mean proper flu yeah no indeed compared to the cold which is which yeah. is what most of us get but look you know we know it's it's it can still be more dangerous than certainly a cold than a f- and a flu and I just don't see the argument for getting rid of that and I certainly don't think it'd be a popular argument and the truth is the only reason the Prime Minister is doing this especially a month earlier than originally speculated from the middle of uh, March up to the middle of February, February 24th now. The reason he's doing that is because he wants to boast of being the first country to well, drop we're not all... the first, even in Europe. I mean, Denmark has done this already. Um, so we won't be the first and we won't be the freest. Um, and, and it wasn't speculated it was March 24th. That was just the date that the emergency legislation fell. There was no doubt at all that he, if he wanted to continue with that emergency legislation, he would be out on his ear. You're not, there wouldn't just be just 54 letters into the 1922 backbench committee. There'd be a lot more. So the criticism from those who are the hand-wringing and the doom monsters about, about this, the people who would say, look, where's the science behind this? Um, this is a political decision. Um, well, yeah, I mean, all, all of the decisions about lockdowns have been political because there's never been there was no scientific basis for them uh, in the first place. All of our World Health Organization, our own pandemic planning was that we should not be locking down healthy people. Um, the evidence is becoming clearer and clearer. It was pretty clear, um, you know, certainly within a few weeks of, of us locking down that actually um, there was a good reason not to do that because of the damage done. We, we proved, did we not, um, as has been proved in places like Sweden and has been proved elsewhere, it, but certainly in December in this country, that actually people are very sensible 
responsible and moral and reasonable and people will take reasonable precautions to keep themselves their loved ones and their neighbours safe and people will you know will not go to parties if they're going to see granny in a week's time etc etc so we, we we've established that you can see peaks of cases and, and going down without having draconian restrictions so um why you know the decision to do this may well be political from the Prime Minister, but he's been pushed to it by actually, weirdly, the science, because the COVID recovery group of MPs and others who've been pressuring him on this and the third of the cabinet that stood up to him on these issues in December, as we know, um, they've actually managed to persuade, you know, force him, dragging, kicking and screaming to follow the science, which shows that you don't need these restrictions to uh, deal with the pandemic. I mean, I think you're going to have a lot more people who have COVID or or may have COVID but have opted not to test who will be going out and about than you have had during the Did period. Did you do a test before you came in the building this morning? No, but I regularly do during the Well, you're going to wait, hold on. I mean, oh, listen, I mean, yeah, but I have I, no I symptoms. Wanna, you have no symptoms. <laughs> but, but we just say 40% of people often, I mean, don't, don't with Omicron, don't have any symptoms. So, I mean, you've put me at risk, me and my team at risk by coming into this building. Your cab driver this morning doesn't bother you at all. But hang on, that's not what I was saying. What I was saying was that you'll get people that may have, you know, symptoms like a cough, for example, which could, of course, be many, I've, I've had be many a cough things at for this time six of weeks year. now. But you'll have people have that and they they won't bother to test. They will think that it, it will give them a green light to go and do whatever they like, not to, to go and take that basic precaution, which you referred to people doing in the last couple of months. And I think you'll see a change of behaviour that means that you'll have far more COVID. Yeah, I'm, well, we, we shall see. But every time we've had any takeoff of restrictions, we're always told it's going to go sky high and we're all going to die. And it never seems to actually happen. Now, it seems to me, though, I mean, that... Um, <laughs> the, the you know, scientists on surgeon nerve tag and everyone are saying this isn't guided by the science. We have to worry about the clinically vulnerable and we have to worry about uh, those who might get long COVID as well. Um, the reality is, though, you know, we have not locked down the country before because people are clinically vulnerable, people who are having cancer treatment, uh, people who have a uh, suppressed immunity. Um, those people need to be protected. Um, uh, you know, at, at, at all times, whether or not COVID is about it or not. But that's not an argument. And yes, those it's not like there's a couple of hundred people. We are talking about millions of people. But that's still not an argument for young people like yourself to not be out. You know, why should you not be allowed to go to a nightclub or get on a plane freely because, you know, someone else's 90 year old grandmother is clearly vulnerable? I mean, I, I've never understood why people think that those two things are linked. I mean, we're long past that. I think that being the question of, of the, the restrictions, we're, we're, right? We're not. People were talking about closing nightclubs a month ago. Well, I mean, I'm not arguing for, for closing nightclubs or, or other venues of that nature, football stadiums, uh, though, you know, COVID or no COVID, there's not much chance of me going in a football stadium. Uh, but, you know, I don't think that should be the question. And to be fair, I think I think in Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon doesn't seem to be acting in the science either. I think she's playing politics in, in the reverse direction oh, by absolutely. saying that she'll keep it on in perpetuity. It's good to hear someone on the left admitting that. I mean, I I think she's a, she has been a consummate uh, uh, politician. I mean, she's a you know, great performer and communicator and all that. And and despite having you know a terrible record on COVID and all cancer, including on the counts things like um, in terms of death rates and indeed uh, particularly the treatment of people in care homes and the like in the early stages, um, hers is even worse than than Boris Johnson's. And yet and and yet somehow she is still fated. I mean, this was such a blatant political move. But oh, we're going to extend the rules by six months.
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's no doubt that I think I think one of the unique things about Scotland is that when she's making the case for Scotland being an independent country, this has been the most effective way to show how she can be in charge of, of the most serious yeah. question the country's facing. And so I think that's why Nicola Sturgeon gets something of a thrill from this. And, you know, in, in December... Oh, she's loving it. I it, mean, some there are a lot of political leaders who are really loving their ability to control every aspect of people's lives. In, in December, when you had the question of, as Omicron had emerged, we weren't quite, you know, entirely sure what was happening and she immediately put lockdown measures in but before the evidence could possibly emerge about the hospitalization rates and I remember thinking at the time you know that isn't based on on the well, science. It wasn't before the evidence no actually we had very good evidence from South Africa um, that, that it wasn't going to be a big serious issue and she did it anyway. Um, none, of, none of the restrictions have ever been based on any science. Working from home guidance that I, is we the so, one thing that makes a difference. We were so close to having a point of agreement, and, and yet there it is, well, it's gone. But we, need you, I, we need you to actually follow evidence and facts before you find yourself agreeing with me. Well, the fact is, especially before we had vaccines and, and good treatments for people with COVID, oh, that if, if if you came into some contact with someone, you had a you might have had a bad chance, mm. and that's why lockdown was right well, no, two no, years well, ago. Well, no, apart from the fact that, 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 that most people in this country have a 99.9% chance of surviving COVID. There is a cohort in their age and above who are at a much higher risk but the vast majority of 90 year olds who were ill within hospital who catch covid will still live so we've got to get we've got to get to grips with the reality of this it's a serious disease i've always taken it seriously always worried about my elderly relatives uh, because of it um, i've never ever said you know it's just a cold it, it's made you know I'm, I'm not a covid denier i've had it twice ha- quite unpleasantly even with omicron i have to say as well um but but the, the point the point is it's this idea that, you know, if we hadn't locked down and if we didn't have the vaccines, even without the vaccines, I was still arguing against any lockdowns at all because we never needed to do that to keep people safe. People who knew we were vulnerable could have always been kept safe. We should have been Great Barrington Declaration all the way. It's been proven right all the way along. And the countries that have done it have actually done a lot better. I just wish we'd been one of the sane ones. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, 
for the love of home.